Hey, Go Church family. This is Gilbert, and I'm sitting with Pastor Matt Haribo. Hi, everybody. And uh, what we're trying to do here is create a new format for our supplemental materials between the weeks that we have grow groups, because we want to make sure that we're feeding our Go Church family as much as possible, and that we're getting back to the discussions that we're talking about during the grow groups, uh, during our discussion portions. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And that's so important, really. And this recording is something that not only I want you to benefit from, but I want you to uh, share it with others and maybe challenge someone. Hey, did you listen to this? Because uh, these supplemental materials are as important as the discussion and the study that we have in the GROW group. So with that, um, you know, we're talking about small things. Big difference. Big difference. And really, that's the subject of faithfulness. And um, we we talked about in the um, Big Sunday, we started in John chapter 2, which is the miracle of changing water into wine. It's the Bible says in John chapter 2 that that was the beginning of miracles in Jesus' ministry. And I want to ask a question. Would that miracle have taken place if the servants hadn't filled those pots with water? What do you think? Well, um, I believe that it wouldn't have taken place, not at all, because what happened is that the water turned into wine. And if there was no wine in those jars... No water. No water in those jars, there wouldn't have been wine in those jars. See, it's, it's it's a key point that's easy to miss, right? Because Jesus is the miracle worker. And he is. He's a miracle worker. Thank God. Praise God. But the stuff that he makes miracles from is the obedient, faithful service from me and you. And, and that's, you know, we're not just adding to the scripture. That's the text from John chapter 2. Go back and look at it. Mary said, whatever Jesus says, you do it. If there's not faithful obedience, but if there is unfaithful disobedience, that's the end of that. That's the end of that story. Right. You know what? When you shared the message on the big Sunday, I thought, you know what? I've already heard this story. I've read this story. You know, it's a, it's a famous story. A lot of us visit the site in, you know, the south of Lebanon. Um, I've been there. Yeah, and and we always talk about it as, you know, the first miracle of Jesus. And this always points to, you know, this is the beginning of his mighty works and everything that he started to do. And this is, you know, after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, this is what we started seeing him do. And actually what's amazing is that you pointed out on the Big Sunday, you emphasized about the servants and the big task that the servants had to do during a time of pressure and stress where, you know, this was going to be terribly embarrassing for the uh for the, the, the groom and the bride's parents at the wedding ceremony that they were running out of wine, which, which culturally was extremely embarrassing, extremely disappointing, and uh, it's a big deal at that time. So uh, tell us more, Matt, about you know, what you mentioned on the Big Sunday. Well, so, I mean, this is literally one of these small things that make a big difference. Uh, the, the servants don't get um, uh, so much credit because they're just doing what they're told. And Jesus is the one that did the miracle. We're not taking anything away from that. 
But the faithful obedience of these people to do practical work, it didn't feel spiritual, I'm sure. When they're, when they're filling up these ceremonial washing pots filled with water, you know, that's a lot of work. Yeah. And uh, especially when it, you know, it, the scripture mentions the volume, but that, that gave or that opened up uh, an avenue for, for the miracle. And, and that's why I think it's important to ask that question, would the miracle have taken place if it hadn't been for the servants? And why I want to draw the attention there is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says we are co-laborers together with Christ. Paul's message to the church is that uh, we are definitely in the family of God and we are definitely the servants of God. But then he, he says there in 1 Corinthians 3 that we are working together with Christ. Those servants were as much a part of that miracle as the miracle worker. And I, I just, in, in this theme, I want to read a verse from Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 5. This is, um, this is a story, or this is a verse, and it's referring to a time where Jesus is in his hometown. It says... Um, it says in verse 3, is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Mark chapter 6, verse 3. Jesus is in Nazareth. He's um, ministering. He's sharing. He's preaching. And that's the reaction of the people. They're like, wait a minute. We know him. In verse 4, it says, Jesus said, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin or family and among his own house. Verse five, and he, Jesus, could there do no mighty work except that he laid his hands on a few sick folks and healed them. Isn't it amazing that healing is not a mighty work to Jesus? Exactly. What a, what a great point there. In fact, in the Greek, it says he laid his hands on a few that had minor ailments. Everything's minor to him in the area of healing. That's true. So uh, I want to point that out. Like there is an alternative. You know, thank God for the mighty signs and wonders. But if we want to see these mighty signs and wonders, then there needs to be the servants who are willing to go and fill up these water pots. And I think that's what we're gonna talk about in week two in our, in our yeah. road group discussion. So going back to, to this theme, so it's, it's amazing here, like you're pointing out, they say about Jesus that he could do no mighty works and no one was co-laboring with him there. No one was receiving those mighty works. But at the uh, wedding feast, you're pointing to the fact that the servants are co-laboring with Jesus. They're doing as uh, whatever, they he tells them to do they do and uh, there are two things that really challenged me on big sunday number one is the fact that they filled those jars to the brim yes right you you ask could the miracles have happened um if the servants weren't involved 
Well, I ask the question, would the miracle have happened if they quit halfway through? Would the miracle have happened if, you know, they didn't do as they were told and filled up the jars to the brim where Jesus needed them to be? Because that's where the fulfillment was, at the top of the jar, not halfway through the jar. And the second point that really stuck out to me is is this emphasis and the fact on, you know, doing as you're told with someone else's, you know. And you mentioned that, hey, it's not like at the end of this miracle, they brought the servants out and, and made a hey, big party. And that's a big challenge to me because, <laughs> you know, I think, I think me along with anyone is like, if I put a lot of work into something, I mean, it's nice to hear a good word, right? Sure. It's nice to get some credit for it. But is it really your credit if it's not, you know, if it's, if it's the hand of God working this miracle, which is for your benefit and the benefit of others? Yeah. That's a good question, right? I think. I think that's a lot, that's a big challenge in the area of faithfulness that, hey, you're handling something that belongs to someone else and they have a vision for it, they have a purpose for it, and it is theirs to, to grow and to multiply, but it needs to be in the right place and you need to be in the right place, both to see it, to be part of it, and to enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. That's well said. That's very well said. So we're talking about mighty signs and wonders. and. If we look in the ministry of Jesus, in John chapter 6, this is again in Luke 9 and Matthew 14, we have the miracle of the loaves and fish, the feeding of the 5,000. And um, let's, just, let's just look at this in the scriptures. In fact, uh, if you're listening to this, and, but you, you can grab a Bible, um, it's good to follow along. I'll, I'll tell you, the more disciplined you make yourself to look at the scriptures and not just listen to someone else read it, um, the more it will sink into you. It's just, it's good to let your eyes rest on these words. But let's look at, uh, let's look at this miracle in Jesus' ministry. And let's look at it from the point of view that small things make a big difference. All right, so let me read this through in John chapter 6. I'm reading through the New King James Version. You know, I encourage you to pick up whatever version you can really understand and digest and and, and read along with me. So I'm going to start in verse 1. After these things, Jesus went over over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. Again, they were following him because... He didn't do great, mighty works, but he healed some. (laughs) Verse three, and Jesus went up on the mountain and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test them for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. So, Matt, how much is a denarii worth? That's about a day's wage. So you're talking about, um, you're talking about, Philip is basically saying, there's enough people here that if we took one person's 200 days wages, so that's like an annual salary. So you can figure out, you know, what that is in context um, at Maybe a doctor earns more than a, a, a welder, but this is a this is a person's uh, annual wage, and Philip is saying 
that's not enough to feed all these people. Exactly. So I'm going to keep reading on. Verse 8. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad, a little boy here, who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves. So I, I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting myself, but I see here that, you know, Andrew says, well, there's a little boy, but what is this? Yeah. You know, what, what is this little that he's bringing to you? But Jesus' reaction is different, right? Jesus took the loaves. So he took what the little boy brought and he did something with it. I'm going to keep reading on. Verse 11. There's a lot there, actually. I'm sure you'll get back to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore, the disciples gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. That's amazing. It is amazing. You know, if we just look, if we look backwards uh, from this and just kind of pick out the pieces here, um, the story of the miracle finishes with 12 full baskets. It starts, it really doesn't start with the five loaves. It starts with a multitude that Philip says, we could spend a whole year's wage and not feed them. Yeah. Right? So it starts with lack that they can't count. And it finishes with baskets, 12, that are full. I think that's amazing. It right? is amazing. That's miracle provision. But in the middle of that, what do we see? We see small things that make a big difference. And that, that, that picture is, you know, just like the water into wine and just like these, uh, the miracle of the loaves, this is not just for the pages of our Bible, but this is for the days of our life. We need to take these lessons and, and really apply it. Now, here's the most important part of this story is not what Gilbert read, but in the next, in the next verses where we see the disciples are afraid they're afraid because of the storm. And the Bible says they're afraid, they're in fear because they didn't learn the lesson of the miracles of the loaves and fish. Gilbert, I think it's important that we learn this lesson. Oh, it's so important. <laughs> so important. And the lesson is that the small things, the act of faithfulness makes a big, big difference. difference. Big difference. That's the yeah. lesson. Yeah. The, the lesson isn't, oh, you know, this problem is so big, I can't throw enough money at it to fix it. That's Philip's, that's Philip's position, not, yeah. not our Philip. Right. But <laughs> yeah, Philip, our Philip wouldn't do that. Our Philip wouldn't do that. Oh, he'd, he'd bring those loaves and that fish. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but anyway, we, we, we have the disciple Philip saying, we can't throw enough money at this problem. 
But at the end, we see that there was never a lack, right? There's always abundance there. They just weren't looking at it. That's right. So I, I think like, you know, we're seeing what Philip said, but I think we can also give some credit to the disciples for carrying through yes. what Jesus asked them to do. And yeah. actually, before getting to that, because I'm sure there's a lot to say about that, uh, I, I'm really, I'm really impressed to go back and talk about the uh, the little boy. You yes, know? Uh, because I, I think it's so important that you know this little boy. G- Jesus tells us right that if we want to inherit the kingdom of God and we want to, you know, grow in in the kingdom of God, we need to become like little become children. Like a little child. Right. Th- that obviously doesn't mean get more intelligent with your mind. Right. It, it means come trust to him more. with <laughs> purity of heart, trust more. I think uh, I've heard that said before about kids that, hey, they might have a lower IQ, but they have a very high EQ, which is an emotional quotient, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you tell a kid something good, they'll celebrate. Man, yes. they'll celebrate. You know, <laughs> if, if something hurts, man, they'll cry. Right? <laughs> you know? That's exactly right. And, and sometimes we need to learn in innocence to not be discouraged about what we do have, but hey, bring it, you know? Yes. Well, does, does anyone here have food? Because Jesus said we need to feed 5,000 people. Who comes up? This little boy comes up. I'm sure he wasn't the only person with food there. That's the point, right? right? That's, the, that's, the, that's an important point. We know about the little boy's five loaves and two fish, but there's other people there that probably have stuff that they're not willing to share. Maybe a little bit more than a little boy who just had lunch, right? Right. And uh, the, other, the other thing that I want to point out, which is from Luke's account of this same... Um, this same story, and Pastor Matt um, always kind of highlights this, and it really, I think, is important to see. Luke chapter 9, verse 14, it says, uh, it's talking about this same, you know, this same miracle. It says, for they were about 5,000 men. And Jesus said to his disciples, make them, the people, sit down by fifties in a company. Yeah. So groups of 50, right? Yeah, groups of 50. Yeah. How, how easy would that be to do? Not easy. Like there's no microphone, right? Oh, oh man, look, when we, when we have 20 <laughs> people at the grow group trying to get everyone to sit down is... Uh... So we want... I mean, I'm hey, joking, my Go Church family. I'm no, just hey, joking. Listen, hey, listen, everybody, everybody. I know you're all hungry and tired and hot, but we want everyone to sit in groups of 50. You know, somebody's like, why? <laughs> Tell me why. But the small thing made a big difference. And one of the things is we wouldn't have known the magnitude of the miracle because when Philip is looking at it, it's just a multitude. So that, that's at least 100 groups of 50. That's 100 groups of 50. Assuming it's all men, which it wasn't because we know there was a little boy there. So yeah. you could say that's a little, at least 200, group, 200 yeah. groups. Yeah. And we're not adding to the scripture because that's what Matthew says. Matthew's account says yeah. besides... Women and, and there's women and children. Right. So uh, we'll dig more into this in, in our discussion in the Grow Group, but we just wanted to get on here and, and bring out some of these points. And I want to encourage you, small things make a big difference. Small things that you do as part of Go Church make a big difference. Small things that you do in your own personal life, your spiritual development, make a big difference. Our week one action is meditating on scriptures about faithfulness for five minutes a day. I'm just going to tell you, if you actually did that, you'd be a spiritual giant in two weeks. (laughs) Because 
the Bible says that a strong spirit of a person will sustain them in bodily trouble. And one of the keys to developing spiritually is meditating or muttering or thinking on and putting in your mouth the word of God. And I'm not just making that up. That's Joshua chapter one, verse eight. So we're going to close this session right now. And I look forward to, you know, seeing and engaging everyone in our grow group discussion. I, I know you guys are uh, going to dig in more in detail to this. We just wanted to add some supplemental material. And uh, if no one told you today, we love you. We love you. And Jesus loves you. And we will see you soon. Okay. God bless you. See you guys soon.